Hello, and welcome to the Vorthos cast, Beyond the Multiverse, a kind of new special episode edition thing we're doing that won't be part of our regular schedule, where we look at different IPs in the gaming sphere and kind of delve into the lore of those projects. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Chris Delano. And my name is Michael Yichow. Yichow, you are here, even though, uh, so you used to work at Wizards of the Coast, uh, our, our magic company yes. here, and then, uh, uh, which is where uh, we got to know each other uh, a couple years back. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about magic today, are we? Uh, not today, which is surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you had left Wizards of the Coast and worked at ArenaNet for a while, but you're now at Riot working on uh, League of Legends. Yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a narrative writer here at Riot Games, and uh, I've been here for about uh, two and a half years. So, wow, Has it been that long already? Yeah, crazy, huh? Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a little warmer down there, at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's pretty, pretty sunny and warm in California, as it always is. Um, so, uh, if, uh, folks out there who, uh, played League of Legends or, or are kind of familiar with Riot, uh, might have heard also of, uh, Legends of Runeterra, their digital card game that has come out recently. Uh, Yichau, did you do any work on Runeterra? Yeah, so, uh, I actually started on the Legends of Runeterra team, did some contributing oh, nice. writing for their, uh, for their first couple sets. Uh, and then since then, I now work on uh, the in the IP and creative department on the narrative services team. So the fun thing about that is it means I get to write a lot of different things and jump on different projects that need Ooh. narrative support for it in whatever form it takes. Oh, nice. Uh, that's neat. I do. Uh, I'm kind of in a similar boat right now. I'm on uh, creative text with Magic and then do the scripts for Arena. So uh, I, I very much understand the 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 whole thing where you get to flex different skills and different media and stuff like that keeps uh keeps things interesting i think yeah for sure um so uh other retired team did you uh did you get to work with uh mel again yeah she was actually the person well, who exciting. reached out from uh you know to uh, see if i would be interested in coming to riot so yeah Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, that's uh, Melissa Lee, who used to also work at Wizards of the Coast uh, back when you did your child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you on this team together? Say that again? I don't remember. W- were you both in Creative at Wizards at the same time? Yeah, we, we uh, had a little bit of overlap uh, before Mel headed off to Riot. And then uh, a while after that, uh, I was at, actually at ArenaNet at the time when she reached out and uh, you know said, hey, we're yeah. looking for a writer. So it's really fun to yeah. reconnect. We, in fact, there's a lot of folks who worked at Wizards who now work at Riot. So it's kind of a small, oh, oh, yeah. small gaming world. Uh, <laughs> uh, you look at the... Uh... Runeterra design team. You know, you know when when Runeterra got <laughs> announced and a lot of interviews were going around. I was like, oh, I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. Uh, which which was cool to see. And um, you know, from a game design perspective, I see a lot of magic in Runeterra. It's uh, I also see a lot of things where uh, you know, Runeterra was clearly designed by some people who had designed magic because there are things about it that are uh, very different then magic and uh that that's kind of interesting to see where uh 
some of the similar problems that like just TCGs in general have uh, were solved differently in this game. But uh, that's a little mechanical focused. That's probably a topic for another podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we're here to talk about the lore of League of Legends and I guess Legends of Runeterra. Is there like a name that goes for like all these like the big IP that kind of covers all these games? Yeah, we generally refer to the kind of world uh, by the name of the world, which is Runeterra. So like we just say, okay. hey, the Runeterra IP, the Runeterra setting, uh, you know, because uh, League of, or sorry, Riot now also has games outside of that setting as well. So as whenever we're working in this fantasy world, we say we're working on Runeterra. So the the games in that setting would be League of Legends and Legends of Runeterra. Is there... Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything else in that setting, or is it just those two? Uh, we also have Wild Rift, which is going to be the mobile slash console version of League of Legends, basically, uh, and uh, Arcane, which is our announced uh, animated series, is also set in Runeterra as well. In fact, the one only game we currently have announced that is not set in Runeterra is uh, Valorant, which is set in a uh, future uh, kind of setting, uh, and it's all about uh, gunplay and as a first-person shooter kind of a world, so... Yeah, I I just saw um the the new unraveled over at Polygon was sponsored <laughs> by Valorant with uh Brian David Gilbert. It was a wonderful episode. Oh cool. Uh, um yeah, uh shooters are kind of uh have I guess have been for years. God, I hate time. Uh have been kind of a, a big thing. Kind of kind of in the wake of Call of Duty and Halo and some of the more realistic and grittier shooters, uh I think like Overwatch and Fortnite really kind of were on the leading edge of kind of the more colorful, bubbly, fun, interesting shooters. You know, you have, uh, I guess, Valorant is new now, um, Apex Legends. Uh, a yeah, couple yeah, the and, kind of, uh, you know, big open yeah. world kind of shooters. Uh, I think yeah. Valorant's really interesting in that it kind of sits in this space between, uh, you know, um, the more... Uh, vibrant colorful fast pace of overwatch and the highly lethal gunplay focused call of duty kind of shooters in that like mm-hmm. it's more to- closer to call of duty call of duty but it has the ultimates and special abilities that you might uh associate more with like the overwatch style game so uh it's an interesting game for sure yeah uh uh what what platforms is valorant on by the way uh currently i believe just pc although <laughs> If I get that wrong, I'm going to feel real bad. <laughs> but my, my only defense is I'm not currently, uh, I haven't worked on that team. So, well, well, we promise not to tell your bosses if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, as someone who, uh, you know, obviously knows a lot about magic lore because I'm a co host on the show, uh, I, I had gotten into the, the beta of Runeterra and had been playing that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fun little game. I like it a lot. Um, but, you know, I, I went in knowing literally nothing about <laughs> League lore, uh, which uh, I have to say as someone who has been playing Magic f- since 2003, so that's 17 years, uh, I'm I'm a pretty enfranchised player in Magic and uh, uh, in, you know, in Magic lore. And uh, it's, it's a, it was a very interesting experience going into Runeterra knowing nothing. Uh, so, um, for folks who 
maybe didn't engage with League, but were maybe in the kind of game style audience for Runeterra and were going to be kind of new to this world and this IP. Uh, what kind of work did y'all do to kind of make Runeterra a kind of a new player friendly experience lore wise? You know, that's a great question. Uh, and actually, I'd love to start by asking, what did you get? Uh, what were the big like lore things you got out of just playing the card game? Like not looking up, you know, stories or, or the characters. Like what are the things that jumped out at you as memorable from Legends of Runeterra in terms of lore? Uh, the So the first immediate thing I discovered is that Poros are the cutest thing ever created <laughs> and I need a plushie. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you know, so like one of the things that the Poros do is uh, kind of work as a common thread through all the factions. Every faction has a, a one mana Poro creature with that faction's uh, a mechanic that plays well with that faction in it. Um, and then uh, one of the factions has a higher density Poro cards. I forget which one it is. Yeah. Um, I actually just the other day uh, loaded up Runeterra and played through the intro for the very first time because um, I had never... I had never touched any sort of Riot product. And then last week, before you even actually, we had a conversation asking you to be on the show, I thought about, you know, I'm going to download League of Legends and see what this game is about um, and started reading some of the lore and playing that. But I played Runeterra and I will say that I still know very little about the lore. I did a little bit of reading, but I could easily tell the factions in mm. a way. Um, I immediately understood that like Demacia is the, the land of good soldiery type people, you know, like we get, we got a little, hold on. Mm -hmm. quote unquote, good. We, <laughs> yeah. we're not, I'm not going to make a value statement on the goody. Maybe lawful is a like better that. term to use uh, there. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you get introduced to Garen and Lux and like the intro, like walkthrough of how to play the game. Um, and they were very much like the lawful characters. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I know that, Ionia is sort of a little different than that, um, a little bit more mystical. And then I know that I don't like any of the people from Noxus, but I don't <laughs> know much about them other than that. Other than I don't like them and hope that they all die. <laughs> Hold on. Whoa. How do you not like Draven? I He's so fun. <laughs> so I also read a little bit of lore, and I read about one character who has a very bad run-in with Noxus, and now I... Uh, I don't like them. Decided. Who is the character? Uh, Varys. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And by character, I mean characters. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to like derail that question, but that's that was my my takeaway from having played the very intro to Runeterra. Well, that's um, great. My, my little toe dip into League of Legends for the past week. Well, thanks um, for dipping a toe. Welcome to the pool. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the other thing for me that kind of stuck out is, um, how well, uh, how do I want to describe this? There's a lot of cohesion, uh, within factions mm -hmm. and each faction is really stylistically unique, mm -hmm. um, both visually, both in, uh, tone, in color, in, uh, artistic, uh, not artistic style isn't what I want to say because you have one studio who does all the art. Mm -hmm. um, but like Noxus has a lot of uh, 
high contrast, a lot of, a lot of really dark colors, a lot of focuses on reds and purples. Mm-hmm. And Damasia has a lot of blues and golds and whites and bright, shining illustrations. That kind of difference uh, really makes them different and easy to identify in Kavei's theme and all the other artsy stuff. Um, but uh, the factions are all siloed really well like that, uh, which is... which. As someone who wasn't familiar at all with Runeterra lore at uh, at the start, uh, made it very easy to identify kind of what the different things were about. Um, there's also like a lot of kind of archetypes built into a lot of these champions. Mm-hmm. So um, Garen is kind of like this paladin character. He's he's the he's the good, happy. Uh, <laughs> to, for the magic audience, he's kind of the Gideon of your world. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you know, ar- archetypes like that uh, narratively are literally serve the function of making characters and worlds crockable like that. And I, I think uh, Runeterra did a good job of, um, especially in the the voice dialect. The voice lines for the game are wonderful, by the way. From I'm really glad to hear one that. Professional, one professional to another about that. Uh, yeah. They've been very enjoyable. Uh, I'll pass that on. There's to a our lot team. of there's a lot of cute little interactions which are which are neat that's uh something we've talked about for arena but that hasn't uh really come up yet but uh yes yeah. uh is all over runeterra so a lot of things to respond to here that i'm really excited to talk about um <laughs> yeah. so let's I, let you talk for a little i love the that uh poros really jumped out right like they're just a really cute little for those of you who don't know poros are like this cute little like animal uh in runeterra and when they were originally created for the ip they literally were added to the game because we had a map that looked really desolate and serious and we're like how can we lighten this up a little bit and uh an artist drew a poro in about 30 minutes and it was implemented by the end of the day and then suddenly we had poros (laughs) in our game suddenly players were obsessed with poros and since we've like created all of this lore to make them fun and like appear everywhere i love what legends of runeterra did with them which is take them and like make them this like hey introduction to a faction because you get to see a Poro with a mechanic that's resonant to the faction and they're also kind of dressed like that faction but they're just a little fluff ball so it's really cute right like it's just really lovely so oh, oh my god with the with the first expansion with Bilgewater and, and the Poro has like a pirate hat and an eye patch it's, and like it's adorable it's so good <laughs> Yeah, I think that's one of the really fun things about Runeterra that is also a joy to write in and also to read and, and to like partake in is there's such a breadth of uh, genre and style within Runeterra, right? Like we have factions like uh, Demacia, which on its surface is very lawful. It's very like paladin oriented, but has this undercurrent of there's a mage rebellion and magic is viewed as evil inherently, which makes it complex because Lux is a mage who is born in Demacia, who is part of the royal family, but has to hide her magic and oh there's a lot of metaphors there if you look anywhere you know five (laughs) centimeters beneath the surface there Uh, but then we also have factions like uh, Ionia which is completely tonally different which is all about magic connection with nature right and then we also have factions like Bilgewater which is just I mean like it's pirates it's pirates and monster hunters and like boats and like uh, you know just all of that kind of high adventure heist kind of energy and so it's uh, one of you know Runeterra's factions definitely is one of its strengths in like 
whatever you're into and whatever things like it's kind of like with magic sets and the joy of going from setting to setting and like if Mirrodin isn't your jam you know like maybe coming over to Ecoria and giant monsters is like totally going to be exciting for you uh Runeterra's factions are very widespread and it's also really exciting to hear that they were really resonant in the card game because before the card game uh we really didn't there wasn't any gameplay that really let you tangibly interact or see what the factions were all about like League of Legends is a game about picking a champion and then playing mm-hmm. that champion, right? So uh, Legends of Runeterra, or rather Runeterra as an IP, when it first started, was super character focused. It was all about, uh, you know, each individual character, what they did, their power fantasy, who they were. Uh, and it's it really it was really fun coming from Magic, which is an IP that is so setting driven. That's all about the world and the world building and the fantasy of the world. And then getting to work on Runeterra, which was so character driven. And then getting to flesh out a world uh, and craft factions that resonate uh, and that are memorable as much as our characters. And then also being able to place those characters into that setting. And uh, I think like Magic is trying, you know, doing a similar thing, but from the other direction of it has yeah, such good definitely. world building muscles. Now it's, you know, looking to tell deeper stories about the planeswalkers that travel between them, right? So in that way, like, if magic is your jam, Runeterra might be fun for you to explore as well, in that it's a deep, wild world where you have uh, steampunk-style, like, pistol-wheeling champions uh, next to, like, literal shark chariot, like, ghost sharks (laughs) being driven by a ghost dude uh next to poros who are adorable next to like an indomitable necromancer who's come back from the dead as a giant suit of armor and will murder you right so it's this like oh i played (laughs) that champion earlier today (laughs) (laughs) there you go it's a it's a wild world and like super diverse in terms of uh the the characters and and the ip so it's fun i want to go back to uh a small thing you said in in that whole section uh because if if you don't like Mirrodin, just add a little oil. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, I have noticed like it's very character centric, and all of the characters have, it, from what I experienced, just dipping my toe into the lore a little bit. Uh, very extensive collections at this point of lore to read on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I say extensive, but I mean like several different avenues of of exploring the lore um if you were to suggest to someone like how to get into the lore of runeterra what would you say is like the best starting point that's a great question uh and we now have a great answer and it was fairly recently that this answer came about and that is the realms of runeterra book uh it is a book that you can find on amazon uh but uh What's really lovely about it is it introduces all the different factions. I think there's eight or ten short stories in there that uh, tells a story either of a, an area or centered on a champion as they travel through the area or a character from a region. And uh, But it's also uh, a book that's like, uh, you know, kind of like a coffee table book. So there's beautiful art of uh, all the different regions and like concept art behind like, you know, uh, creating all of our different factions. Uh, so you get to know the world of Runeterra. You'll be introduced to a couple of the characters. You'll get some really great stories that gives you the kind of the tone and vibe of how we like to tell kind of more pro stories. And then you also get to meet some characters uh, that you will then be able to encounter uh, both in Legends of Runeterra and also in League of Legends uh, if you play those. So, And if we don't want to spend money on something... <laughs> and we want to just sort of find an online resource or something of that sort. 
Yeah. What would you suggest? If you search for universe and League of Legends, the universe.leagueoflegends.com page is kind of our repository for all of our lore. And there's a lot of stuff there. It's a little hard to find your way around. I think that's a theme of all large IP <laughs> story websites. And sorry, a little shade there. Uh, but like, you know, the thing that's really nice about it is you can find all of our champion bios, uh, where they'll, you'll get, you get a bite sized kind of like understanding of who a champion is and what they're all about. There's, uh, a lot of our champions, uh, and soon our goal is all of our champions will have a short color story, what we call a color story. So basically a short story that gives you a snapshot of who this champion is, what they're all about, what they can do. Uh, and there's also a ton of different uh, fiction going up there all the time. So this is like uh, a like version of magic story uh, that, you know, right, like, but for Runeterra in that, like, we have uh, semi-regular updates where you get short stories about different regions, about the things happening in the world. Um, and we also publish some of our alt-fantasy stories on there. So uh, within Runeterra, Runeterra is a setting that's like, there's a continent, there's fantasy, there's all these factions. But on top of that, uh, we have a lot of alternate universes for our champions. Because in League of Legends, one of the primary ways that players can kind of express their uh, like character identity is buying what are called skins for their champions. Basically, different kind of outfit or costume. So, like, if you're playing Miss Fortune, who's a pirate, uh, she also has a skin where she, it's called Gun Goddess Miss Fortune, and she flies a mech suit and, you know, blasts people with, like, plasma. And Oh, I'm interested in that. Yeah, and there's a whole world. So, the thing is is like when we develop a skin it isn't just a costume for a character there's a whole alt world for that character so there's a gun goddess universe that's all about mech suits and, and space and pirates and uh, a story I got to write recently was for our pulse fire alternate universe where uh, you know versions of our champions appear in this time traveling future uh, there a lot of them are either time traveling agents policing the timelines or else they are rogue agents uh, with their own goals and missions uh, you know sneaking around in the timelines messing things up stealing things and uh, so the, the story I got to right was a fun little caper story about one of our rogue agents uh Ezreal uh as he jumps through time trying to uh fix his broken uh time travel uh device uh and so uh if you really want to deep dive Runeterra not only just has a ton of lore in and of itself there's also so much alt fantasy and alternate universes uh you could spend quite a long time reading stories and uh, finding information about it yeah, I can uh, speak to my personal experience and say that I jumped in thinking, uh, well, what, what what can I find out about the lore of this world? Um, and one of the first things I found was uh, Morgana's story, um, because she was like one of the first champions I could play on the game. Nice. She was free that weekend or something of that sort. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, Morgana has a bio and then a short story. And then I found out that she has a twin sister, Kale. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'll read Kale's bio and short story, which is a separate thing entirely. And then I found out they had like a poem together, which mm -hmm. was cool. And then I read that. And I was like, well, what other characters are there? And then I found Varys. And Varys has, I mean, like this is something very unusual to me as a, as a person in the magic world. Varys has a comic book mm -hmm. issue, mm -hmm. a music video, <laughs> yep. a, another comic book in a totally different style from the first one. So mm -hmm. entirely different style comic. Mm -hmm. And then a short story and yeah. a bio. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of like a little, I don't want to say overwhelmed. I was just like, there's so much here for this character. And it's in all these different ways of experiencing it. 
Yeah. I think that's one thing that Riot is really fortunate in is that uh, we are really lucky to have a lot of resources to tell stories in different ways. So like one of the first things that got me even interested in Riot was a short, uh, basically a promo for one of the champions uh, named Echo. And it was like a four minute video on YouTube, fully animated. Uh, it was It was really beautiful, but I thought the storytelling was so smart. And the way it used Echo also is a time travel champion. He's able to rewind time in short bursts. Uh, and the way they used his abilities to tell a really cool story was awesome. And he also has a comic, right, that was commissioned. So, like, depending on what champion you like, uh, and there can be a lot of different expressions for that champion in terms of the story. And as a writer, it's part of the fun of working at Riot is, like, I might be, you know, writing a voiceover script for a champion on one day and developing a champion from scratch uh, over the course of many months, but I might also have an assignment to write a comic, or I might have an assignment to, you know, write a short story or update a bio for a champion that is really old and we're trying to, like, refresh and put them more more succinctly into the world, right? So it's a lot of different uh, potential stories for these champions, uh, and they're all very character-driven stories. So if you love interesting characters... Uh, we have, uh, as of this summer, we will have 150 different champions. So there's a lot of different characters uh, for you to hook into and to be, you know, find something that's fun and uh, a short piece of lore that you might be interested in checking out. One of our champions is literally just a cat. Her name is Yumi. She writes a magic book. She talks to you. It's <laughs> she's a she's a cat. So there's a champion for everyone. I think she was on my team when I played the other night, and she was very cute. She's very cute, <laughs> it was, and it was very cute. If you're care- not careful, she will destroy you, and it's very yes. satisfying to be destroyed by a cat. <laughs> uh, yes, in in Runeterra, I've been playing a uh, unsurprisingly for people who know me a uh, a Nautilus deck, a uh, whole sea monster theme. That's been really fun. <laughs> um, and like, so this is like a part of the thing uh, where the voice lines in Runeterra do like a lot of good uh, character work. Uh, Nautilus is very terse. Uh, <laughs> there, you know, one, uh, where, when you, uh, win a game with, uh, one of your champions, uh, in, in play, uh, it kind of plays kind of a victory voice line. And one of Nautilus's is just good. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all that matters to him is, is like, he won and it's good and he's going to go back in the ocean now. Yep. Uh, and, uh. You know, there's, uh, you know, that's a huge contrast from um, Elise, who is uh, <laughs> both kind of like the seductive spider queen, but also her lines are just filled with all kinds of wonderful puns that are just <laughs> set in a really deadpan style. And it's really great. Um, and uh, yeah, like there's just a lot of... Um, character diversity in in really small uh, vocal snippets yeah uh you know you know which which like you said is, is kind of um the place where uh runeterra as an ip started and and is building up the world and and magic is kind of going the other way especially uh so arena now we have uh voice lines for all the planeswalkers so yeah. so I, I i get to do like really good deep character work for arena which is something that magic hadn't done until a couple of years ago yeah. um you know re- really when we started at the uh, kind of origins uh path of storytelling um and uh it's uh, i i think uh it's you probably more than most other people can empathize with uh you know sometimes 
it's really hard to get two people to sound like different people. Um, and uh, so, so kudos to the Rintaro team who's, who's pulled that off like really well. Yeah. I think one thing that's really fun, if like, you know, if you want to engage in lore by reading stories and watching short videos, like there's a ton of that. But like, if you want to engage in lore by experiencing it in gameplay, I think Legends of Runeterra is super fun because you do get to experience the champions as the champion cards. It's also not as big a pool of champs. There's only, I believe, like 20-something, 30 champ cards right now. But they have super fun interactions with all of the other cards that like work well with them. Uh, one of the things that uh, in designing the voiceover system, uh, which Mel oversaw and did a really fantastic and in-depth job of, is our interactions are not just, you know, uh, pure lore and flavor which it is a lot of right like you know nautilus talks about the sea monsters i imagine and like i know uh earlier sets which i worked more on uh you know our champ like garen will talk to each of the demacian vanguard that comes in and they'll have yep. interaction lines uh but it's also we really design our voice uh, system to be gameplay cues as well of like hey this champ works well with these cards and also to cue players to think about how those cards interact. Or like they might call out an enemy card uh, that has a special interaction, either in the lore or mechanically, right? So like it's a lot about like designing to have that ludonarrative synergy, right? Where your your narrative and your flavor and the lore that, it, that all of these cards embody, whether it's a champion or a follower or a monster or w whatever, uh, really resonates and is reinforced by the gameplay mechanics in the game as well. So, like, uh, it, I think that team did an, a really fantastic job, uh, and it's really fun to see it fully executed and for mm -hmm. players to get to experience it now. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that doesn't get talked about. I think a lot, uh, even on our podcast with me on it, is uh, how much games writing. Uh, gets geared towards game mechanics and player styles and function of game pieces. So uh, to use a magic example, like if you have a burn spell, uh, you want a name and flavor text to generally evoke uh, not just the situation that might be happening in the art or a character's attitude about casting this spell in the universe, but uh, kind of having the feel for uh, the kind of player who is going to cast that spell. Uh, you know, uh, Counterspell Flavor Text is like some of my favorite to write, uh, as, as especially as a blue player, but knowing the reputation of blue players, like Magic has kind of this recurring theme of jerky, dismissive blue mages uh, in Counterspell Flavor Text. And so uh, that's, that's kind of a trend of, um, that helps support the idea of like, Counterspells exist to stop your opponent from doing the powerful things they want to do. And being kind of, uh, you know, um, you know, having a, a blue mage be kind of dismissive and be like, oh, that was a nice spell you had, but I don't think that's going to happen is, is kind of a, like, hey, this is this is a tool to help you do this specific game function. So try to use it this way so you can maximize that opportunity. Yeah, totally. Uh it's the same kind of thing uh, you're talking about in, in Runeterra. There's, uh, so, so something that is uh, especially different between Arena and Runeterra. Every, every card in Runeterra has some voice work. Uh, or sound effects sometimes, because, uh, you know, like the little mechanical crabs don't talk, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, they just make little, like, click-clacky sounds. Yeah. But, uh, um, uh, and uh, that that's, it's also just charming. Um... <laughs> 
like there there are like little individual um see my my brain is just stuck in magic i just want to call them creature cards yeah uh, <laughs> followers is what the term is in runeterra um I, I i get really messed up whenever i have a quest that is like do something with spells my magic brain is like oh everything is a spell <laughs> like in runeterra it's like no spells are spells, spells, spells. um <laughs> And I and I I often forget that like oh if I'm playing these creatures it's not actually fulfilling my quest, you know a lot of the individual just like regular common units uh, have their own personalities too. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I forget the chrono. It's like arena battlecaster or yeah, something. Yeah. Um. It it has been one of my favorites. That that kind of body entertainer sportscaster, uh, you know the the VO has kind of the microphone sound. So um, fun fact about that it's card so fun. and that character, uh, uh-huh. the voice for that character is Freak, who is one of our shoutcasters who does a lot of announcements and and casting for professional League of Legends play. Right, so oh, nice. for League of Legends fans, it's definitely a funny Easter egg of like that's definitely freak, and this is definitely like a wink and a nod to arenas and esports, right? And you know what you were saying about like the meta affecting how uh, you know we execute lore as well of like especially in a game like Legends of Runeterra, which is a little bit more playful and like it's not it's. It's like soft canon mostly, right? It's not like literal events right. that happen in the story, but like what ifs. And it's called Legends of Runeterra. So these are like legends told about Runeterra. So it has the space to be like a little bit exaggerated, a little bit fun. And, you know, the example you had of playing Nautilus a lot in uh, League of Legends lore, Nautilus is a very early champion and he didn't have a lot of voice lines. Partially because back then we just didn't write as many voice lines for our champions. Right. But because he's so mysterious, people like filled the space with a ton of headcanon about who he is. And for some players, it like it was really some really powerful stuff about like how he represents depression and like, you know, diving deep and like and the hollowness of, you know, this giant man in armor or in in a like suit. And so like an, an empty suit rather. And so there's a lot of like player created story around a character that isn't super fleshed out that we as writers when we come in one thing that i really love about riot is the how much it values the player's input and the player's love of the content and not necessarily giving them everything they want but knowing that and then surprising and delighting them by plussing Mm -hmm. it or just acknowledging it with things like good as like all you need for a voice line from nautilus so that whether you're brand new to the game like you guys are and you can find that to be fun and, and interesting and immediately evocative or if you're like an eight nine ten year league of legends player and you're like oh man that's the nautilus i know and love right mm-hmm. so it's a right. lot of fun to be able to like get those little meta uh, clips into there yeah uh i've i've uh <laughs> I I am a champion of uh deep cuts in in my work. Uh you know, I, I there was a reason I got hired for Modern Horizons. Um and uh I I, I finding the balance between um game content uh and ancillary lore that kind of hits both the new player space and the veteran space is is really challenging. Uh so that's uh that's great to hear that that's like a thing that uh y'all are very conscious of uh you know it's it's something i think about a lot too there's uh yeah we have our uh corset 2021 update uh for arena 
I don't know when this episode we're recording now is actually going to get published, but uh, around the time that Arena is going to update and, uh, you know, Teferi's mm. going to have a new script. And uh, Teferi's had the same script now for a couple years, and his his voice lines are pretty well known. And, uh, you know, if if you've been annoyed by some of Teferi's lines in the past, stay tuned for this new script, because I am aware of what how the community has reacted to them and have written some a few lines accordingly. So, uh yeah, like being listening to a community and how they re- react to things, and uh, you know, this kind of ties back into your story about the poros, where there was just this little thing that's kind of grown into like a adorable little furry phenomenon for for Runeterra. Um, just uh, finding the things that players latch onto and figuring out ways to execute those in satisfying ways is always fun. Yeah, I think it is a definite balancing act between uh, honoring and uh, paying homage and uh, finding fun ways to get a little meta and then becoming too in-jokey, right? Like, with Mm -hmm. magic, I think the very in-jokey, the highest in-joke spectrum is like time spiral, right? Where everything is a reference to another thing. And then, like, you know, then you swing to on the complete other side of the pendulum as well. But, like, I think finding that healthy balance where, like, there is some of that meta humor even within like the canonical lore that you're creating, but not so much so that it distracts or undermines any kind of like world truths you're trying to build that are consistent mm-hmm. and uh, feel rich, rewarding, and uh, valuable to players uh, as they learn and invest in the worlds that you build. Do you, um, speaking of like player investment and those sorts of things, um, do you personally have a, a champion that you are really invested in or that you're really interested in? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, right now, my head is pretty wrapped up in the champion that I'm working on. Uh, but besides that, uh, you know, oh, just, that's a mood. <laughs> yeah. Besides, you know, the ones, the, the things that we work on and, you know, like are responsible for shaping. I think one champ in League of Legends that I love a lot um, is uh, Echo, I had mentioned earlier, in that I just think he's, uh, so Echo is, his backstory is he is a young, you know, genius inventor who's created this device called a chrono break, which he can use to rewind time in short spurts. Right. And he lives in a region of our world called Zon, which is a more technological, like, uh, you know, I would say it's like a little bit steampunk inspired kind of world, you know, where there's inventions and like gears and right. And so Zon is a part of this twin cities of Piltover and Zon, where Piltover is the upper city. It's kind of the like fancy to do. And Zon is uh, the lower city and kind of. Uh, you know, filled with a lot more like wild, untamed invention, uh, whereas Piltover is a little bit more proper and you got to fill out your forms. Uh, but Zahn is also uh, oftentimes uh, a little bit more downtrodden or there's a lot of lot more like there's these people called chem barons who kind of like rule different neighborhoods. Anyway, so Echo, his whole story is he's this young genius inventor, like leading this gang of kids, trying to keep him out of trouble uh, and trying to just build a better life for the people around him. Uh, and I really love his power set. I think it's really creative and opens up a ton of really fun storytelling opportunities. Uh, I really love him as a character. I think he, uh, his attitude, his voice, 
in terms of like the character voice, but also all of the voice acting we've had for this character is super fun. Uh, and uh, we actually have a uh, game that we're developing with a indie developer uh, via a thing we have called Riot Forge. So Riot Forge are basically partnerships between Riot and like indie game devs to build smaller games that are going to be like completable. So League of Legends is like a MOBA you can play endless rounds of with your friends online. Uh, there's going to be smaller Riot Forge games. Uh, I'm just realizing I don't know if this is public announcement yet. Uh, I think we announced the title of the game and that it stars Echo, but we didn't announce any details. So don't let me tell you any details (laughs) of what's in the game. But regardless, what I was trying to say is we have a game coming up that stars Echo that I'm really excited to see more of because I think he's a super cool character with a lot of great stories. We we had uh, James Wyatt on for uh, an interview about uh, Theros Beyond Death earlier this year, uh, and it was right (laughs) after he and I had finished working on Zendikar Rising and uh, I, I forget, I, it might have been you, Chris, who had said something about Zendikar Rising, <laughs> and uh, James and I, like, very almost got off on a tangent about it, and we're like, you know what, we should probably just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, so, you also, um, sort of what, what started this conversation is you mentioned having a new champion coming out this summer. Yeah. What What's going on? Because there, how much can you share about that without breaking some rules? <laughs> Uh, so we've teased the champion a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited. This champion that I'm working on, uh, is a champion that is connected to, uh, previous lore. So, uh, it's a character that some players might be familiar with. Uh, beyond that, uh, we've said that they, uh, are a, uh, masked champion who refuses to die. Uh, and I think that's all we've teased so far. But, um, it's crazy because at, at Riot, our champion development process is pretty in-depth. Like, I've been working on this champion for about eight, nine months now. Like when it's all wrapped, it's going to be like nine or 10 months of work on this character. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a really fun and cool process. Uh, internally, we refer to it as DNA, which is uh, there's a designer, a gameplay designer, a narrative writer, and an artist that starts as the core pod of concepting a character uh, and, uh, you know, kind of building out who they are, how their kit works in game, what they look like. And it's a really fun process of like, I'm writing a short story that inspires a piece of art, which inspires, uh, you know, gameplay changes, which inspires me to write new things to, you know, like set that. Um, ability into the world and so it's like a really cool fun robust process to build out a character and especially with this character since they already exist in the lore it was like figuring out how they relate to uh, their place in the lore previously how their story has advanced and uh, you know all of the things in the world that we need to be true or to become true to support uh, this character fully and fleshing out additional world building fleshing out additional character relationships um, it's uh, a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to see how players enjoy it uh, later on this summer. Yeah, that's a really cool integrated process to kind of get uh, you know the mechanical and uh, you know you know in in magic lingo we would call it the Mel and the Porthos side of the game, kind uh, kind of all working together at the same time. That's neat. Um, so I, I kind of had a question about uh, kind of the the process of working on magic for a number of years, uh, and then and then having to go work in a new IP. So like, uh, I guess two parts is is how familiar were you with the Runeterra IP before you were at Riot, and uh, what was the process like? You know, getting integrated into everything and and uh, 
getting yourself to the point where you could write in this new world? Uh, so uh, when I had my first more formal interview with Riot, uh, shortly before that I said, I better figure out what's happening here. And I started, <laughs> started really reading in depth. Before that I had kind of like little exposures to flash moments of League stuff, right? I mentioned the Echo mm-hmm. cinematic as something I had seen myself. Uh, I had also written, read a short story from uh, one of the champions that I really loved and again, put Riot on the map. So when Mel was like, hey, would you be interested? I was like, oh, they make some cool stuff. I definitely want to have a conversation at least, right? Um, so it was really learning from almost scratch when I started at Riot. And uh, it's a lot of drinking from the fire hose. And, you know, when I joined, you know, one of my first tasks was working on Legends of Runeterra. And there was a small, you know, small subset of champions that we were writing for and like really developing out. So it was nice in that I got to really focus in on a small chunk of the lore, really consume that, understand it, and then like build it out. And, uh, you know, for the first three months, I played at least one or two games of League of Legends every day. Like it was a it was a team meeting, and we all played at the end of the day. And it was really great for me just to get like reps of the game in of how these champions feel, how their voice lines sound in game, and then also just trying to consume as much lore as possible, right? Like read through all of the universe site as much as possible, mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know, it definitely took a couple months of just reading, absorbing, thinking about uh, as I ramped up. But uh, in the mean, you know, in that time as well, I was writing as I, like, I would learn about a character and then uh, have an opportunity to write and, and like uh, create for that character. Or I would learn about a certain region and then uh, have an assignment to, you know, like write a story set in that region. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's a lot of simultaneous learning and, and research. And even now I would say like, if you were to be like, who at Riot is like a lore expert, knows all the lore, I would probably not be in the top like 10, 20% of people who know the real deep lore stuff. Uh, some people just have like longer time and almost encyclopedic you know, knowledge and memory. Uh, and funnily enough, one of my favorite people who knows a ton of our lore deeply uh, is actually a game designer, uh, a level designer, who uh, she's just phenomenal. And like, if I'm like, I need to know an esoteric fact about Piltovan history, and if this invention was ever created or anything similar to this, I'm going to go ask Amanda. Uh, <laughs> or now uh, I'm going to go look it up in our internal lore wiki, which is built out by a team of editors and uh, you know, librarian scientists who helped us to make sense of all of our lore output and put it into a uh, format that we can easily access information and so that we can check things uh, as a resource rather than just having to find the wise person who has been around since this was created. So, Wow, imagine being someone who has like encyclopedic deep knowledge of an, an IP's lore. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's super useful. Uh, it's also, I think the thing that's really nice, and uh, I think some folks uh, may not realize, or they think, oh, because I don't have encyclopedic knowledge, I can't possibly write for the IP, is... That's not a requirement to be a writer. It's, uh, you know, like, as a writer, your job is to be able to do the research and be able to write authentically in whatever setting you're given, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to have everything memorized. It's definitely an advantage because then you have less research to do. Uh, But, you know, if if you do your homework, uh, your job is to execute creative storytelling in support of whether it's the game product or whether it's, you know, a, a film or whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, so like you know, you know, I I was brought into Wizards uh, as a contractor for a set that really appealed to the the deep cut lore stuff. You know, you know, uh, Modern Horizons was a set where Ethan Fleischer, who is like top percentile of 
encyclopedic Vorthoses on the entire planet was on the creative text team <laughs> with us um, for that set. That That's how deep Modern Horizons was going. But, uh, you know, my other projects since then have all been regular standard sets. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you know, speaking to the you don't have to know everything is uh, when you're working on things uh, that are new, uh, those things are new. Uh, there are plenty of aspects to a lot of the work that, like, even the encyclopedic people don't know because it's happening as you are creating because literally you are in the process of creating it. So like I can have encyclopedic knowledge about Dominaria, but that doesn't do me any good when working uh, and writing for Ikoria. Um, Ikoria was something brand new and part of the job was uh, bringing that world to life. So there's a, uh, for aspiring narrative designers out there, um, knowing things is good uh, being able to adapt with what you know and create new things and uh, synergize all that together is also very, very good, too. Definitely. I can definitely promise you you don't have to know much about magic to get on a Magic the Gathering Porthos podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, we super appreciate you on the <laughs> show, and not just because you DM our D&D campaigns. Uh, so um, we're kind of reaching the end of our time here. Uh, is there anything like, I guess one of my, my questions is, is there any piece of lore or any like video or anything from the story of Runeterra that you just recommend just like one little thing that you think everyone listening to this podcast should go check out right now? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to find the exact name of it and then I will tell it to you. So the one piece, uh, I think like for me, uh, the Echo uh, cinematic really drew me in, but that's like a couple years old now. I think it's still fantastic if you, if you want to check that out. But the piece that m- recently came out uh, in April uh, that I think like will give you a sense of this sense of fun and uh, if this doesn't hook you, uh, you know, totally get it. Uh, but uh, check out Tales of Runeterra Bilgewater if you search for it. Uh, it's called Double Double Cross. It features three of our champions, uh, Misfortune, uh, Twisted Fate, and Graves. Uh, and it is just a fun-filled uh, romp of a short. And you don't need to know anything about these champions. You don't need to know anything about Bilgewater. You're going to get it all from the video. And it's just this l- awesome little bite-sized three and a half minutes of fun, joy, and adventure. And this gives you kind of the pace and energy of also playing a game of Legends of Runeterra and kind of what Runeterra can be. And one of just many styles and tones we have, but one I think is an absolute blast. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I, I will absolutely check it out. Pirates, like Bilgewater is exactly my speed. Pirates are great. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've mentioned on Twitter many times, I, I my... My lifestyle aspirations are cyborg lesbian space pirates. So regular pirate is is a good stepping stone. Yeah, in that we'll, direction. we'll we'll accept that in the intermediate. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's yeah, 150 champions fun. in League of Legends, so I'm sure eventually they'll have a cyborg lesbian space pirate. We're working on it. You know what? <laughs> 151. I'm work. I'll, I'll do my best. We'll see. Is there anything else you want to share while we've got you here? Uh, no, I think those are the kind of the big things. Uh, if you guys come check out things out, uh, you know, feel free to drop me a line. I'm always happy to nerd out about league lore, magic lore, uh, or any of that. So come play some games of league or play some games of magic uh, and feel free to hit me up. All right. Uh, 
Michael Yichel, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this kind of inaugural episode of this. I, I guess we'll, <laughs> you know, uh, Beyond the Multiverse is, is a, you know, kind of the subtitle that we settled on. Side quest would have been a good one, because uh, <laughs> that's kind of what these feel like. These, these, these are like little side quest episodes uh, into other IPs. You know, this is this is our uh, a thing we intend to do occasionally, not on any kind of set schedule, just kind of as we, you know, find people in the industry, in communities to talk about things. We could probably do some of these on our own. Maybe this is where Jay and I do our Star Wars episodes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, I do want to say Star Wars side for, uh, for our listeners who are out there uh, listening to this, if you have some IPs that you're interested in and you want to know more or you know a lot about something or you have a connection to someone who does know a lot drop us a line and tell us what you think i'd love to uh experiment with what else is out there and see what people want to know about yeah uh you know this this is a new format for us so you know it's going to change and evolve probably as we go on for stuff so so Yicho, you get to be our lucky guinea pig congratulations uh it's been it's been wonderful having you yeah thanks for having me it's been fun talking about all kinds of uh fun stuff yeah, uh, I'm. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I I play Runeterra. Um, you know, I uh, unsurprisingly, the person who's been playing Magic for 17 years likes card games. Um, <laughs> so I, I I've been playing Runeterra. I don't I don't like I don't grind the ladder or anything. I just kind of like uh, log in every day, do my quests against AI. You know, just build whatever deck seems fun. Uh, that kind of stuff. I just play play it really casually. But you know, it's a great game for that too. Um, and uh yeah i'll i'll definitely be checking out some of this stuff i'm i'm you know unsurprisingly someone who likes going deep on the lore of the things i enjoy so uh you know i'm excited to kind of have some direction uh to get to know the runeterra ip a little bit better so uh hopefully all y'all listeners uh do as well yeah i uh i will admit to uh while we were recording i might have uh gone on amazon.com and purchased a certain book that was mentioned earlier um <laughs> just went ahead and <laughs> and put in an order for it because i'm really interested in the world of runeterra and so i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and buy league of legends realms of runeterra and check out the lore there That's um awesome. i've been yeah i've been playing a lot of league of legends this past week i've just been playing some games uh, and i played last night with some magic players and so we were able to sort of play League of Legends with people who knew magic and they could kind of explain to me the concepts through a magic lens, which was very helpful. Nice. Because I, I still don't know what an ADC really means. <laughs> and I still giggle every time I'm assigned bottom. Um, so, yeah, thank you for having for, for coming on. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you and get to know you. Yeah, this was super fun. Thank you both. All right. Uh, good luck in your future endeavors. I hope the words behave enough. <laughs> That's uh, not always guaranteed as a writer. Um, and uh, to all our listeners out there, uh, thank you for uh, listening to our show and supporting us. And uh, have have a good time out in a world beyond the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs>